Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to the Gospel Attic Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Bryan, with my co-host, Jim Resky. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about two books of the Bible. You know, we usually tackle one, but uh, we decided to tackle two this time. It's the book of Joel and the book of Hosea. And just to give you a little heads up, it's going to be kind of a broad overview and just some of the big themes that we see in these books of the Bible. We encourage you to do your own research and make sure what we say is true and matches up with the scriptures. So, um, Jim, you just shocked me because I thought we were going to start with the book of Hosea, but you said you want to start with Joel. Why do you want to start with Joel? Well, that's right. So, like, you know, in sequence, there's Hosea, Joel. Memorize, if you memorize the books of the Bible, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, and you kind of get that sequence. It's Hosea, Joel, right? It's not Joel, uh, Hosea, but they're not. Uh, sequential in terms of history and when they are written. Uh, in fact, in the book of Joel, it's not really clear when it was written, uh, but uh, they're not sequential. They t- kind of do t- two different themes. And as we usually do, so for our listeners, uh, uh, Greg and I are part of a Bible study that uh, is a community Bible study that uh, goes over, just plows through the Bible. It's called Men of the Word, and the whole idea is to really get people in the Word. So I like what you said at the beginning, encourage people to do their own research, but really encourage any listener to this, to read the Bible, go in and just read it and spend time in the word. And there's a big theme in these pastors about, the, about, about God's lament about people are perishing for lack of knowledge, lack of knowledge of the word. And so get into the Bible, read the word and uh, just read the book of Hosea and Joel. But Hosea is so emotional, so climactic. I mean, it's so gut-wrenching uh, that it feels like if I talk about Hosea first and then talk about Joel, it's anticlimactic. So this in five days, uh, I've got to teach on Hosea and Joel, and we'll post that podcast afterwards. And I feel like if I talk about Hosea, it's like everyone, you know, it, it, it builds into such a climax. It's so gripping. It's so gut-wrenching. And then you say, oh, by the way, there's this other book called Joel. It's three chapters. It's kind of a, almost like emotionally like a letdown. But I, I'm always thinking about your advice to me, which is if you've got something really that you really want to say, just say it first. Don't... Yeah. Say the other thing, and so I am struggling a little because he, he with Joel can go down some real rabbit holes. It's only three chapters, and if you, like I said, for our listeners, if you're not familiar, it take you twenty minutes to read the whole thing. It doesn't take long, and um, it raises some really interesting questions. And you could, like I said, you could go down some rabbit holes. But let's talk about Joel quick, and then we'll they'll go go to Hosea. Sounds good, man. Get us started. Like, what 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 are you learning about Joel? Well, so Joel, really quick overview of the book. Joel basically is responding uh, to um, a, a locust swarm that it's uh, apparently taken place uh, in the nation of Israel. And he's likening it. What he's saying is, he said, I'm using that as a metaphor for God's judgment. And not just a metaphor. He's saying that was God's judgment on you. So this, think about the swarm of locusts we just went through, which devastated everything the way a, a locust swarm would. And that it's there because of your sin, and that's God's judgment on you, this uh, disaster, and you need to repent. So that's the first part. And then he goes and says, well, there's, and that, that's like the day of the Lord is like the locusts. 
And then that's the past day of the Lord. Then there's a future day of the Lord, which is going to be like a, a military conquest. And he said, and he describes that like the locusts are like the locusts of an army swarming over towns and villages. There's, they, they, without stop. And they just, um, you know, uh, don't even break ranks and they leap over mountains and all those types of things. So, and he said, that's coming. And that's also God's judgment. But what you need to do is repent. So it's the swarm of locusts, like a natural disaster. That was God's judgment. Your response should be repent. And then the second thing is this future day of the Lord, this military conquest. And your response to that, it's, it's, it should be to repent. So big, interesting questions, right? Um, what is the future military day of the Lord? Is it, is it the our, end? Our, of the big one, a big one is tragedies. Are tragedies always God's judgment? Because we, how many times do you hear that? Yes. When a hurricane hits or. Oh yeah. Tsunami. Yeah. Any Anytime there's a tragedy in the world, somebody is saying it's a result of God's judgment. Well, in human disasters, too, you say the 9-11, people say, well, that was God's judgment on New York City. Or um, a mass shooting, that was God's judgment on that shopping mall. Or I don't know. So human-caused disasters, right? Is that God's judgment? And, and by the way, they might say spiritual. God in, in, the, in the Old Testament does use other nations to execute his judgment, right? Yeah, um, so that's, those are human actions. He said, but that's God's job. Having this nation attack you, Israel, to as a re retribution for your sins, because I'm mad at you for your sins. And so those are human actions. But is that God's judgment? And it, so that's. And I think there are people that do believe that. I think there's a lot of verses that say that's not how it works, right? The book of Job is like that. The whole book, the the, the bad friends are saying this is God's judgment on you, Job. And that one of the messages of the book is no, it's not. It's that's not how it works, right? New Testament. I'm always, I'm always uncomfortable when I hear um, people like that. That you know, um, thus says the Lord. You know, this right. is this is the way it the way it is. I mean, like you you brought up Job. We kind of understand why he was why he went through suffering to some extent, but um, part of the book of the Job is that we never we will never really understand um, why. So suffering happens. That's right. And I think that it's it's really tempting to feel like you're a prophet and you could understand it. Joel was a prophet. God could say, those locusts, that was my judgment. And Joel was in a position with a direct pipeline to God as a prophet to interpret that. But you and I aren't. And I think we'd like to do that. I could say, Greg, you got a flat tire yesterday because I know you did. Yes. <laughs> that was, see, God is pointing out something to you, Greg. See, God's trying to send you a message. Like, well, how do I know? And so I, I, I think I might talk about this, Greg, that there's a there's a tendency, I think, to either under-spiritualize or over-spiritualize life. Under-spiritualize says, oh, no, no, that's just, those are just, that's just that. Yeah. It's random. It's all random. Yeah. You know, my appliances Coincidences. Break. Coincidences. Yes. Coincidence. So sometimes God is sending a message. Sometimes you get a scratch on your new car and you're like, oh, your, your emotional reaction to that. There's a clue, and he's like, you know, why, why? Okay, okay, it's just a scratch. It's probably too important to you. This thing is becoming an idol in your life. So there's a way to under-spiritualize under events, right? Yeah. And the over-spiritualization of like, well, God is speaking through the scratch on my car. Well, maybe it's just a scratch. And you're not a prophet, so you don't know. God sent that great tragedy to Greg's life with a flat, flat tire, and I'm here to declare the word of the Lord. You're not a prophet. How do you know? Um, 
But I, but I think even in a group setting, you say that out, and I think lots of people want to talk about that, that issue of, we could spend all our time as a group talking about tragedies. You know, you might say that, but I happen to know that this one tragedy in particular, that one hurricane in such and such was really God's, I don't know, God's judgment. Anyway, that's, that could go down a rabbit hole talk, spending a lot of time talking about that. Absolutely. Um, so what, what else, uh, anything else stood out to you from Joel? Yeah. Couple things. One is the idea, um, and it's uh, it's not in my outline yet. But there's a sense of like we as a, maybe a Western idea always think of sin as individual. I'm responsible for my individual sin. Mm. And there's so much in the book that seems to talk about sin as a collective. In other words, my definition of sin is not expansive enough, right? Yeah. And there's a there is there's there is individual sin, but you can also be part of collective systems that do bad things. And that God talks in Joel about you know, punishing the nation, but he's using other nations to do it. And then he's going to punish those other nations. And that comes up in some other Old Testament books too. Like, you know, in the book of Joel, this locust army, God is leading the army. It's like, so is it, is it a God army? But then he's like, I'm going to punish these nations for what they did to you. So it's almost like he's saying, I'm going to use these, these events, human events to bring about my judgment on earth, but then I'm going to punish them for what they did to my people. Well, if you're punishing them collectively, there's a sense of, you know, collective sin. Yeah. Right. Um, well, and you bring up, I mean, that brings up a really good point, which is probably most of our listeners are from our, our Westerners like mm-hmm. us. And we don't realize how individualistic we are. That's right. And so when we read the Bible, we always read it through an individual and uh, uh, an, an eye for the individual. Not That's realizing right. that a lot of those use, you know, when it says, you know, you, you sin or something like that, th- those are, those could be plural. They represent a larger group of people. And most oh, yeah. of the, and then all throughout the Old Testament, you see guys praying um, like Nehemiah, when he prays, he includes himself as, uh, you know, as a sinner, as part of the yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, that's yeah. good. That's good. Uh, I, I yeah. That's... That including Nehemiah, including himself, that's interesting here too, because I think when it starts off with the locust being a God's judgment, it's a parallel. And it, uh, Joel is a prophet that it's one thing that makes it unique. He quotes a lot of other books of the Bible. Uh, and I got this from the Bible project, which is a great resource. Um, they say he, he quotes a lot of other books of the Bible and kind of assumes, you know, Lots and lots and lots of other books of the Bible. It mm. like assumes knowledge. It used Maybe to, that's why it's so short. Yeah, like I don't need to read. You fill it you filled in with the stories of the context of the quotes. That's right. That's right. And in light of everything we know about, he doesn't even point out ever like what exactly their sin is. It's like you all know what your sin is. I don't need to tell you because you're familiar with the word, and therefore when I, I'm going to interpret this locust swarm and tell you it's for your sin, but I don't need to go through what your sins. Are. Read Jeremiah. That'll tell you what your sins are. Right. Yeah. Uh, but then also the other big question is, are these prophecies for Israel? Like at the at the end of Joel, he says, you know, there's going to be this great battle, but then God's going to restore everything. God's going to reign in Jerusalem as peace and mercy is going to flow out to all whole earth. Is that like the future kingdom to come? It's very and a lot of it's very Israel specific. But is it is, so is it meant to be? Well, that's nice. It's just a prophecy for Israel. 
right? Uh, the restoration of God's people, like it's like Romans 11, has nothing to do with you and me. Don't read it. Don't put yourself into it. Or are there lessons for us to take away from it, mm. right? Broad lessons that like God, God really hates sin. And uh, and I think, Greg, I want to try to bring the gospel into it because I think that the, the, there is a notion that like when you see that there was a swarm of locusts devastating everything, it's it's a way to say our 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 conception of sin is too small. We conceptualize it as the individual, not the collective. But you say, what would the God's wrath look like? You don't say, look, let's think of it as a uh, swarm of locusts devastating an entire country or a military conquest. That's how God's wrath for sin is so immense. Yeah. You're good. not thinking you're thinking of it too too lightly. Oh, you know, I did that thing again. I probably shouldn't. Like your way, his wrath is so great think of like um you know uh, the greatest battles in human history and the devastation those wreaked on peoples and countries that's what the wrath of sin is like those battles may not have been god's wrath on that at that time but that is how big his wrath is mm. then well if that's the case what did it take to save me from that someone had to take that wrath for me someone had to face all of that so I could be restored, right? And that's the gospel. That's what Jesus, he did in my place. All that wrath should have come on my head. The, you know, all the that's devastation. Awesome. It's, it all went on him in my place on my behalf. That's that's fantastic, man. So that's um, Joel in a nutshell. But I, I do think you could spend hours just talking about, it's three chapters and um, it, lots of, conversations come up from Joel. So that's Joel. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.